Hello, everybody. Locked on Nationals podcast, episode number 13. My name is Josh Neighbors. Joining me today is Zach Berman from KCOU Sports. Before we get to Zach, I want to cover a few news and notes from the Nationals this past week. First and foremost, Juan Soto. Uh, he had his contract renewed. This season, he will be playing for a very lofty sum. Just kidding. $629,000 is the, the base salary, essentially, in 2020. He and the Nationals were unable to come to terms on a contract. Look, this is pretty much standard. Jack Flaherty just did this. Um, Trout, Betts, Correa, Snell, Hader, and, and Zimmerman are all guys uh, that we've heard across the league that didn't take the uh, were not able to reach a deal with their team. And this happens all the time. Um, and Jack Flaherty didn't take the deal, and he said this kind of as not as a protest against the Cardinals, but a protest against kind of the way that salaries are structured, the way they work for players while they're still under control um, from the team. And Juan Soto, look, he is worth so much more than what he's getting paid. This is just kind of one of those things where, you know, you, you think about baseball and you think about what these guys make and the Players Association's got to get this fixed. They have to because the amounts that these players can make, you think about, you know, Jacob deGrom, what he was making for the Mets, um, a little while ago while he was under control. Guys, you know, basically a Cy Young winner, and, and he's making, you know, just nowhere near enough money. So another note, the Nationals kind of had their first round of cuts um, yesterday. Uh, Rowdy Reed, kind of one of the biggest names, uh, he'll be heading to AAA. Six guys um, were sent down. Drew Ward, Jonathan German, Derek Self, Paulo Espino, Jackson Reitz, and Mark Williamson. So none of those really much of a surprise of a shock. Also, one more thing. Donald Trump played golf with some of the Washington Nationals on Sunday. Look, you know, whatever whatever your political um, ideals are, I think the Nationals have done a really good job of handling this situation. They've been really professional. They've um, been able to enjoy their time with the president. And a whole lot of times when we talk about teams or they want to go see Donald Trump or not, there's been really a whole discourse about, well, who wants to go, whatever. The Nationals... Um, the players that have been able to celebrate with him have really enjoyed their time, and I think it's right that those guys get to enjoy it the way we want to, and they're free of us criticizing how they enjoy it. And once again, uh, this is not me taking a side saying I like Donald Trump, but this is me saying that I really think the Nationals players and coaching staff have been able to enjoy those opportunities if they've wanted to take them. Really cool stuff for Patrick Corbin, Ryan Zimmerman, Kurt Suzuki, Trey Turner, and former National Jason Wirth to be able to spend time with the president celebrating. And look, you know, the season's about to start, but they're still able to have cool moments like that and enjoy their World Series victory because it's not every day, whether it's Barack Obama or Donald Trump, that you get to spend time and play golf with the president. So really cool stuff there. All right, coming up now, my conversation with Zach Berman. We'll talk about the Yankees, all the news that's kind of come out of, of their camp because they've had by far the most active last couple of weeks, and it's not been good for them, especially on the injury front. We'll talk about World Series hangovers as well, too. The Nationals are uh, might experience one. We'll talk about what Zach thinks could happen with the Nats this season. And then we'll also touch on what he thought about some of the players being mic'd up last week with ESPN's All Access. So I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Zach Berman. One last thing, make sure you take a look at the podcasts that have been recorded from the last couple days. We have two of them out. We have one from late last week. Corbett Koslack and I did some prop bets around the league. Talked about this ESPN article that came out 
uh, and it had some props over unders for certain players, Shohei Atani, Arnold Acuna. Um, that was a lot of fun. So you take a look at that one. Also yesterday too, Connor Jones and I had a conversation about who the Nats' fifth starter will be. In addition to uh, some of the players being mic'd up, we covered a little bit of that as well. And also we gave our predictions for the Bachelor season finale, two-night finale today and tomorrow, or I guess uh, yesterday and today when you guys will be hearing this. So uh, yeah, get our thoughts on that. All right, here comes my conversation with Zach Berman about World Series hangovers, the Yankees, and much more. Hello, everybody. Uh, now my conversation with Zach Berman of KCOU Sports. We're talking about the Yankees because, boy, has it been a busy last few weeks, especially on the injury front for the New York Yankees, who, in my opinion, are always the center of the baseball universe. Well, they're just the center of the media universe. I don't. I wouldn't call them the center of the baseball universe right now with what's happened in Houston because I think a lot more energy and attention is on the Astros, but... In terms of the Yankees, I, th- I still think even with all the injuries, they should be the runaway favorites for the East, maybe even the American League. But I'm definitely concerned to see how the team is handling these injuries. There are a lot that seem to have been carryovers from last season. And I'm with the entire training staff being fired, I'm curious as to what the old training staff knew that the new training staff doesn't. So elaborate on that some. You, you feel like that the maybe the old training staff held out on, on the new staff and wasn't totally honest with their assessments of players and where they were at and where they needed to be? Well, it's that. It's also there's a level of accountability that needs to be on the players. Aaron Judge, the dive that broke his rib was in a September game against the Angels, and he didn't report it, and the training staff didn't find it until early March. And frankly, that's not something you expect from one of the richest teams in baseball. That's not something you expect from the Yankees. That's something you expect from the team on the other side of New York. <laughs> that, is, that is fair. Um, starting with, with the pitching, look, Severino's going to have Tom, or he's already had the Tommy John surgery. Um, Paxson has just been cleared to begin throwing um, Wednesday according to Christy Acker of the New York Daily News. How do you feel about the pitching staff? And obviously they're healthy. You can't be feeling 100%. But how do you feel about the other pieces of that staff? They're going to kind of step up. And where do you think Yankees pitching? How do you how do you feel about it heading into 2020? Well, I've liked what I've seen other than Garrett Cole's one mulligan against the, uh, against the Tigers over the weekend. But in terms of the way Matt Blake has been coaching these guys, I've, I've liked what I've seen out of Tanaka, out of Hap. Jonathan Lawasaga's looked good. I think maybe we see him in the rotation. Clark Schmidt, he's come up through the ranks. His breaking ball looks absolutely filthy. His stuff looks electric. I think we'll definitely see him at least out of the bullpen, maybe in the rotation. Jordan Montgomery, too. We've, we know he has good stuff. He was hurt all last year. And, well, of course, Garrett Cole is still Garrett Cole. I still think the Yankees have a top five rotation. That's with Paxton coming back mid-April, late April. Severino, Luis Severino had a great season in 2017, but since then, he's been not only injury-prone, but very on and off. And there are days where he just doesn't have his stuff whatsoever, and I don't think he's as reliable as a lot of Yankees fans make him out to be. And you have to remember also the missing piece is Domingo Herman, who's coming back from the suspension in June. 
barring any other catastrophic injuries, I think the rotation is going to be fine. And then the position players. Uh, you have to start with Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton and Tyler Kading, you know, a colleague of yours and mine. We were talking about it last week, and we said, "Look, you know, baseball might just not be a big man, big man's game, and it's not." But that's no excuse. Those guys need to be on the field, considering the amount of money that they're making. Well, Stanton, people are saying that he's going to be back soon. I don't think he's going to be gone for as long as people think he is. I'm actually just reading this out of the New York Post right now. Well, Giancarlo is saying that it's he's been running on a treadmill. He, Aaron Boone saying he's at 85%. I'd say maybe the first two weeks of the season. Judge, you don't know. Because a rib injury, broken rib, odds are it's going to have to be surgically removed. That's something that could take two months or it could take the entire season. And I have a very, very, very controversial take on Aaron Judge. Go ahead, let's hear it. I believe that if he keeps on getting hurt and if he can't play a full season I'm not opposed to the Yankees trading him in his late 20s he doesn't have that many more years left in his prime and some team is going to see the wrong the raw talent and either overpay for him ridiculously or sign him to a tremendous deal and I love Aaron Judge the person I love him in the clubhouse when he's healthy he's a force to be reckoned with but we haven't seen that in a long time and when you have I think Labor Torres is going to be the face of this team going forward. I'm not sure if the Yankees would be down to trade him. I know there would be a lot of backlash from the fans. But in my mind, as a business decision, it's something I'd look into. Yeah, and and the Labor Torres talk, I mean, we've heard that all across baseball this year, is that people, you know, the media especially, he's he's more than just a dark horse, right? Once enough people say, hey, he's a dark horse for to win the MVP, he stops becoming a dark horse and he starts becoming a guy who – I think we all believe is going to be a household name. He is for baseball fans, but I mean, he is going to be a household name by the end of the season. Do you think he's going to have that MVP MVP kind of year? I think he's going to be in contention. I'm not sure if he's going to win MVP outright, but definitely top five in voting. That's where I see him land. But then again, you never know. There's, there's a lot of wild cards in this team. Guys like Miguel Andujar who can absolutely hit. And then while well, he was gone all of last year and Gio Rochella came up and started doing his thing. A lot of Yankee fans wanted Andujar traded. And now he's hitting again in spring training. And a lot of guys are like, oh, wow, I forgot this guy can hit. Of course, DJ LeMayhew, the Yankees are definitely relying on him not having a sophomore slump. Of course, he was fantastic last year. But I think the depth is not a concern whatsoever in the infield. And my biggest question mark right now is first base, because there are two guys who are definitely capable of carrying the starting job for the entire year. There's only one of them, room for one of them in the baseball field. So whether it's a matter of playing Luke Fo- or, or oh, I just said Luke Ford, Luke Voigt or Mike Ford, <laughs> I don't know. Preferably, if I was in charge, I would give Mike Ford the starting job because all the Yankees' big boppers are right-handed hitters, and Mike Ford brings that lefty power into the lineup the Yankees don't have otherwise. Yeah, and so I want to move on now to talk about kind of New York baseball at large. And look, I, I was there last summer in New York City – um, when you, when you're locked into the, when you're locked on, I should I guess I could say, uh, when, when you're dialed into to that media atmosphere, there's something really cool about when the Mets and the Yankees are both good in, in New York city during the summertime. 
Um, the same way we say there's something about, you know, and I know Mike Francesa always says this too, there's something about when it's the Yankees and the Red Sox battling for the division crown. Well, in New York City especially, there's something really cool about when Queens and the Bronx are both rocking. And look, I've been, I went into a newsroom every single morning and you go into kind of a newsroom atmosphere every single morning at KCOU. There's something really cool about when the two New York teams are are going that makes for fun conversation, not just for New Yorkers, but for people across the league because people laugh at the Mets a lot. But when the Mets are good, the Mets are a hot like hot item team. They're they're one of the most talked about teams. They're you know when you see hats around, you see a lot of Mets hats. Not and I'm not just saying you know because people are Mets fans, but the Mets generate a lot of conversation with what they've done and what the Yankees are at. I mean, it's going to be a really fun summer to be involved in the New York baseball scene. Well, first of all, I'm high on the Mets this year. I think assuming we don't get like that constant stream of low Mets that tends to hit the team every May to early July, I think the talent is there. I think barring injuries, they have a great lineup, a top three rotation. And I do agree when both teams are really good and we haven't had this in a while. There hasn't been a year, honestly, since maybe like 2006 or something like that. Yeah. When both teams yeah. were like legitimate playoff contenders. Right. And, and when I when I talked about like both them both being good, we've had it in stretches, right? We've had month stretches. Like you give that stretch last year in I you know, July in early August when the Mets were scorching hot. That was super fun. But you're right. We haven't had it over the long term, have we? No, we haven't. And, I mean, people laugh at the Mets, but the reality is that the Mets have, dare I say, a more loyal, passionate fan base than the Yankees. And when the Mets are good, there is not a more fun fan base to be around in New York City. And they're taking up all the airwaves. They're calling into all the shows. They dominate the... They dominate the media landscape. When both the Yankees and Mets are good, dare I say, New York is a Mets town. It, it is. It, and I, and I've always been on this. I've always said New York is a Mets town. It, it's a sneaky, sneaky Mets town. Um, I want your impression of, of the National League East this year. Obviously, the Nationals coming off the World Series. What a division, though. You have the Mets who made strides to get better, the Phillies who expect to be good, and uh, the Braves who just won the division again. So what are your impressions of this division? Is it the best in baseball? Is there one that rivals it? And how do you think it's going to play out this season? Well, first and foremost, yes, I think it's the best division in baseball. You have four teams that could not only win the division, but if they hit their stride, they can win the pennant. I don't know. I am leaning Mets because of the rotation. If I had to scratch one off, besides obviously the Marlins, my first bet would be Philadelphia. I don't think they. I don't think Arietta and Wheeler are enough to carry a team to a division. And the same thing with Atlanta. I'm not sure if their pitching is there. So I think it's really between the Mets and Nationals. I think we're going to see them. I think we're going to, to put it in hockey terms. Remember, the Blues came on very late last year. So did the Nationals. I think we're going to see something along the lines of what the St. Louis Blues are doing this year. I think the Nationals are just going to be a force to be reckoned with the entire year. I think it's going to be a two-horse race between New York and D.C. That's just my two cents. Really? So you see the Braves dropping off? Uh, I think the Braves are going to be a wild-card team. I think we see three I think we see three teams from the East making the playoffs. Wow. And I, 
the NL wildcard game is going to be between the second place finisher between the Mets and Nationals in Atlanta. All right, I like the, I like that prediction. Um, one more thing before I get you out of here, and, and look, your last I guess the, the last Yankees World Series was '09. So, what did you notice from from the 2010 team, and what do you think about World Series hangovers? You know, I, like you said, you, you believe the Mets are going to have a good season, so I kind of understand where you're coming from from that, from that perspective. And look, it's not like they started off well last year. So I even think if the Mets, excuse me, if the Nationals don't succeed in the, in the first part of this season, I think people will say, well, look, number one, World Series hangover. Number two, they didn't do too well in the beginning of last season, and, and you saw how it went. What do you think about World Series hangovers? Do you think they exist? And what are your thoughts on them at large? All right. I like, the, I like that prediction. Um. One more thing before I get you out of here, and, and look, your last, I guess the, the last Yankees World Series was 09, right? Yeah. Okay, so what did you notice from, from the 2010 team, and, and what do you think about World Series hangovers? You know, I, like you said, you, you believe the Mets are going to have a good season, so I kind of understand where you're coming from from that, from that perspective. And look, it's not like they started off well last year. So I even think if the Mets, excuse me, if the Nationals don't succeed in the, in the first part of this season, I think people will say, well, look, number one, World Series hangover, number two, they didn't do too well in the beginning of last season, and you saw how it went. What do you think about World Series hangovers? Do you think they exist, and what are your thoughts on them at large? I think it's all just mental. I think it's all in your head. If you start losing a bunch of games, then it sort of breaks into your mindset. Now you're thinking, oh boy, we're in the middle of a World Series hangover. The Yankees in 2010, they still won the division. They had one of the best records in baseball, and they just ran into a hot Texas team in the ALCS. I don't I don't believe in hangovers whatsoever. I just think that when you win a World Series or a championship in any sport, there's a target on your back and other teams get hungrier and they say, "You know what? We want we want a piece of the spotlight. Let's go after them." And that's usually what results in the championship or defending champs falling off. I think it's less of a we have a World Series hangover mindset and more of just we won, now teams want to take that from us. Love it. Zach, where can the people find you on the socials? On the socials, I'm actually going to be interning in California with the uh, the Arroyo Seco Saints of the California Collegiate League this summer. That's going to be a lot of fun. But as for Twitter, give me a follow at Berman, B-E-R-M-A-N, like Chris Berman, Z-B-B. That's one word, Berman, Z-B-B. And I'm actually going to be on on air the longest running kcou show salute your sports two to three central time every monday we're talking all mizzou sports so if you're probably listening to this in dc you probably don't have <laughs> in it but tune in for hijinks nonetheless because hey guess what it's street cred and any street cred in the industry is street cred nonetheless i will say that some of the best game show segments in the business come from salute your sort your salute your sports you said two to three central time is that right Two, two to three central time. Tune in to listen to me because I am undefeated in the game shows. Us, I love that. Two to three central time on KCOU uh, on KCOU.com or excuse me, KCOU.FM. Zach, we appreciate your time today. We'll talk to you here in a couple weeks. Oh, absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you check out the Locked On MLB podcast as well as the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast as well. All of this part of the Locked On Podcast Network.